Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Enjoy a tall, cool dude. What is this? What, What are we doing? What in God's name are we doing? What? Our lives. What, what kind of lives are these? We're like children. We're not men. No, we're not. We're not men. It's the nightcap. Are we going to be sitting here when we're 60 like two idiots? We should be having dinner with our sons when we're 60. We're pathetic. You know that? Yeah, like I don't know that I'm pathetic. On WGR Sports Radio 550. So then you asked yourselves, isn't there something more to life? Yes. Yeah, well, let me clue you in on something. There isn't. All right, we got a lot to get to, so we'll move quickly here. Joe DiBiase here on the Nightcap. 803-0550 is the phone number. Going for the next hour. NFL Draft Thursday night. Me and Nate Geary will be hosting Thursday night, Friday night, Saturday throughout the day. I'm pumped. I am not just in on the fantasy guys now, although it's still where I'm thinking mostly about the draft. The running backs, the wide receivers, the second and third round tight ends. I am deep into the day two guys. And I think it's funny that right before I came on here, I was kind of thinking, like, I'm not really impressed by a lot of these running backs. It's made it harder this year to rail against, and we'll spend plenty of time on running back, It's made it harder to rail against the idea of the Bills drafting a running back this year in the first round. Because I'm just not really impressed by almost any of these running backs that are day two guys. The one I have been impressed with is Kenneth Gainwell from Memphis. I love Kenneth Gainwell. He is fast. He is quick. He is electric. He reminds me a lot of Austin Eckler from the Chargers. I've loved the idea of the Bills drafting him in the third round. But it's almost like you don't want to do that just because you've drafted two running backs in the third round in the previous two drafts. That doesn't mean it's a bad idea. It just seems like a stale idea. I think it's actually a better idea than what my Bills draft catastrophe is, and you can feel free to let me know what your disaster scenario is for the Bills in this draft, especially in the first round. I think it's really got to be the first round because this is a hard question to answer. The Bills have everything. Don't they? they? They don't really have any holes. So, that being said, they could really go any which way and they could sell it. Brandon Bean making the comment about we're thinking long-term over short-term really means they could go any position that's not quarterback. DraftKings Sportsbook had odds on, they still have odds on the Bills positionally. 
for the 30th pick. Running back is the favorite at plus 200. So it's plus money, which means they're less likely. Like They would take the field over running back. But running back is the favorite at plus 200. Cornerback at plus 325. Defensive lineman at plus 400. That's probably an edge rusher. Linebacker at plus 600. I think that's a little high for linebacker. I'm not thinking at all about the Bills drafting a linebacker. But there's a decision to be made on Tremaine Edmonds coming up. A fifth-year option. Will they do it? Will they wait? Will they try to make a contract work after the season and then franchise tag him? Will they trade him at some point? Edmonds' future is a little bit up in the air, so I guess linebacker, you could sell it a little bit. But to me, that's the toughest one so far. Wide receivers at plus 700, that's my favorite idea. I believe the Bills will actually draft a wide receiver. I know that's big odds at plus 700, but Bean made that comment last week, and all I was thinking about is the wide receiver position. And that Bean will understand the value of we need... Josh Allen's number two target for the long term. Because we don't have that answer right now. It's trending towards Gabriel Davis with Beasley and Sanders being in their 30s. Trending towards Gabriel Davis. But as someone that got burned by Robert Foster, because I thought Robert Foster was going to be a starting caliber wide receiver in this league after what he showed as a rookie. And he was not that at all. I mean, it was over. For Robert Foster after that first year. And I know there is some difference there. Foster was an undrafted guy. Davis was a fourth round pick. In a historically good wide receiver class. I mean. He goes into a bad receiver class. Or an average one. And Davis is we're maybe talking about as a second or third round prospect. So receiver. Yes. That's mine. That's my favorite idea. Offensive lineman is a plus 700 also. Same as receiver. Safety plus 2,000. Any of those positions, I think you could reasonably sell with the 30th overall pick. Even safety. Because Poyer and Hyde, even though they are on new contracts, they're both in their 30s. And you have to wonder, three, four years down the road. And a lot of the positional versatility of these guys coming into the NFL right now, I think it's Saran Neal for this. Could they draft first-round version of Saran Neal? He's going to be your safety of the future, but... For the meantime, he's going to be your big nickel. That, to me, keeps safety on the board for the 30th pick. Tight end, much further down the list at plus 3,300. The problem with tight end is there's just not a prospect anywhere near worthy of that draft pick. If we were to go to odds for the second round, you know, if the Bills on day two, after picking something else in the first round, come away with a tight end, In the second or third round, that is reasonable. I might even guess that happens. Brevin Jordan from Miami is a guy that intrigues me a lot. He looks like he's got good short area quickness from what I've seen of him. Pat Fryermuth does not really interest me. The tight end from Penn State, who is often ranked as the second tight end, I would have Jordan above him. Fryermuth is just, to me, Kyle Rudolph 2.0. And Kyle Rudolph's been a good player in this league for a long time. But there is a limit to me on Pat Fryermuth. Kyle Rudolph. These are big, slow tight ends. They are great at the high point with contested catches. You throw a fade to them, and they're as good as anybody in the league. But I don't want to be an offense that ever runs that route. So I don't have a use for that player. It's not a guy I want. I want athleticism. I want quickness, even at the tight end position. So Fryermuth is not a guy I like. 
even in the second round, let alone anywhere near the first. So tight end, to me, is not on the board here. Quarterback is plus 10,000. <laughs> if you want to take a long shot on that, but there's no way that's happening. And then kicker, punter, long snapper is plus 25,000. And of course, that would never happen either. So any other position, though, you can make a case. So this is a hard question to ask. What is the worst case scenario for the Bills, for you? 8030550 is the phone number. I, I think it's got to be one answer. I don't even know what comes in second. Trading up for a running back is insane. I mean, come on with this. This Bills regime with Brandon Bean and Sean McDermott. By the way, before I launch into this, if you don't know what I'm talking about, Todd McShay from ESPN, it's more of a rumor, comes up on a podcast, the Ryan Rosillo Show on The Ringer. And McShay is asked about, like, what's some of the latest buzz going around in the league? And McShay offers this. Travis Etienne is the hottest running back in this class right now in terms of where his draft stock is going to be. I'm told that Buffalo at 30 is talking to teams ahead of the Jets at 23 and Jacksonville at 25 and going ahead of Pittsburgh as well, trying to get in position to get Etienne that they think that he's the best back and they, they want to pair him up, obviously, with, with Josh Allen and create that backfield. That is the worst case scenario for the Buffalo Bills on Thursday night. You know, as so I was starting to come around on the idea of Travis Etienne for kind of what I said at the beginning of the show here. I'm not impressed by any of these day two running backs, except really Kenneth Gainwell. Chuba Hubbard a little bit too, but like not really. And Evan Silva, I just saw actually before I got going here, Evan Silva from Establish the Run, was on with Chopin the Bulldog, maybe not last week, the week before. He goes on PFF Forecast, and Evan Silva drops the comment, this is the worst running back class I've ever seen. It makes it harder to rail against Travis Etienne in the first round, because he is a great running back prospect. He's got everything you want in the modern-day NFL running back. He is Alvin Kamara. He can run between the tackles. He is not small in stature. He has got great short area quickness. He has got the run, the home run speed to outrun corners and safeties when he gets to the second and third levels. That's a trait no one on this Bills offense has right now, especially out of the backfield at least. And he can catch the football. He can line up wide and catch the football. He could line up in the slot. He could catch it coming out of the backfield. But there's just the trading up part is where you lose me. I was starting to come around on it because of all of those 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 factors and that the Bills are in a win now window. I don't like to get too swept up in that though. Because you know what? Yes. The Bills are in a Super Bowl window. It's not a one- or two-year thing. Three-year thing. If this is a Super Bowl-caliber team, and this GM is staying for a long time, this coach is staying for a long time, this quarterback is staying for a long time, I don't want to just be good for two, three years and then slide back to mediocrity and try to build my way back out of that. It's kind of like what the Falcons have been. 
The Falcons had a couple of years where they were Super Bowl caliber. And for the rest, you know, eh, they're okay. They're good. They're never great. That that's that's a failure from this point forward. That doesn't mean the Bills have to be the best team in the AFC. I don't think that's going to happen. I don't think it's possible with the Chiefs in this conference. Mahomes is just too good. But can the Bills be the Pittsburgh Steelers to the New England Patriots? That's what I'm thinking about. This window is not a short-term window. And that is why moving up for a running back is insane. Spending future assets that can help you prolong your competitiveness against Kansas City for a running back. And does a running back help you beat Kansas City tomorrow? Because I don't think he does at all. What from that AFC Championship game, other than the Devin Singletary drop, changes the outcome of that game from the running back position? That's not really a fair question. Because any position on the field, it's probably not going to change it. But the whole year, we saw a Bills offense that used the running back position less than anybody in football. They didn't hand it off to him. They didn't throw it to him. They, they stood there and blocked. They stood there and blocked and they were the best offense I've ever seen in this city. We don't need a running back. It's a luxury pick. It'd be nice. If he's sitting there at 30, it'd be fun. And you know what? This team should want to be fun. But trading up, because then that, that adds to the pressure to use him. It's one thing to draft a running back at 30, because I've had, the, the other thing is I've kind of grown some confidence that if the Bills were to draft Travis Etienne at the 30th pick, that Sean McDermott, Brandon Bean, these guys are smart enough to know that just because we use the 30th pick on him doesn't mean we have to run the football 20 times a game with him. You know, we we can give it to him 8, 9, 10 times a game and throw it a few more times, 4 or 5 times, and we're okay. We don't need to use him. There's no pressure. But I lose confidence in that if you move up to get him. Because then you see way more value than you should for that position. If you're willing to go up to 20, if you're willing to move up 10 spots for that position, you see too much value in it. The window is open, but how long is it open for? And the thing I said about wanting to be the Steelers to the Patriots, can the Bills be the Steelers to Kansas City being New England? That's an acceptable result. And that is a realistic result. And guess what? You win Super Bowls doing that. Were the Steelers this dynasty? No, because the Patriots were here. But what did the Steelers do? They came back year after year after year after year with good offenses and good defenses and a good head coach around their franchise quarterback. And yes, they lost more than they won against the Patriots. But if you're good that long, even with a dynasty in your conference, you're going to win one or two. And that's exactly what happened in Pittsburgh. They got two. That could be the Bills. And that's why I don't like thinking about, well, we're in a Super Bowl window, so we need to try to win, do everything we can to win this year. This is a numbers game. This is an odds game. This is a 10-year outlook. 
That's the way you've got to think of it. If you get 10 shots at the Chiefs, chances are you're getting past them two or three times. At least you have to do it in volume. That's how the Bills will win a Super Bowl with this regime. Is they will be good. They will be this good. Somewhere near this good. For a decade. And that's why I loved the comment from Brandon Bean about thinking long term. It's an odds game. You draft a running back. You trade up for a running back. In this draft, and two, three years go by, and I'm suddenly, I'm out of wide receivers because Beasley left and Gabriel Davis didn't turn out to be all that we thought he would be. And Sanders is retired. And I spent a second or a third round pick on a guy and he failed and he flopped. And then I tried again. And now I'm trying to sign mediocre free agents to, to, to come in and suffice. And all the meanwhile, Josh Allen maybe isn't having the same production because he's not surrounded by as good weapons. The Bills got to go receiver with this 30th pick. That's where I'm at. Again, I'm okay with running back if they sit there at 30 and they do it. But throwing that added value on top by trading up and going all the way up there to get this running back just couldn't sound like a worse idea to me. Receiver has got to be the pick. It makes too much sense. They are old at that position after Stephon Diggs with Sanders and Beasley. And there needs to be an answer to who's Josh Allen throwing the football to two, three, four years from now. Because I still want to be, I still want to be going head to head with Kansas City then. And knowing who my number two wide receiver is for the next five to ten years is more important than knowing who's my running back for the next three or four. Everything about it, the career spans at the position. You know, you could get a similar skill set. Rondell Moore is my guy. I don't think the Bills are going to pick him because of the medical concerns and the fact that he's played only seven games in the last two years. Not all of that was medical. Some of that was an opt-out. But you can find the skill set that Travis Etienne gives you without having to draft that position. And that's where I want the Bills to find themselves on Thursday night. Not moving up to get a running back. Think of it this way. The Bills, with Brandon Bean and Sean McDermott, have done so many things differently than previous Bills regimes. Countless regimes before. Rex Ryan and Mike Malarkey and Dick Duran, Chan Gailey. All the GMs. Like, you know, at their core, except really Gailey, at their core, these, wanted, these coaches and GMs wanted to build run-heavy defensive teams that embodied Buffalo, their blue-collar mentality. They felt that their teams had to somehow represent this idea of what they thought Buffalo was. And Sean McDermott and Brandon Bean came here and said, we're just going to throw all over you. We're just going to win. We're going to do what wins in the league, not what we think Buffalo fans want us to do. They went the opposite direction from previous regimes. They sold out to get a franchise quarterback, moving up from 22 to 7. Previous regimes, I mean, they were settling for Trent Edwards as a third-round pick. 
and being here for three years. They were settling for the fifth best quarterback in the first round, J.P. Lossman. They were going years in between without even taking a swing at it. They were trading down because they didn't have enough conviction that E.J. Manuel is a franchise quarterback to pick him where they were sitting in the first place. Plus, there is these this d- data-based decision-making that the Bills now embody and their sidelines for game management decisions. When to go for it on fourth down. When to go for a two-point conversion. When to throw the football on first and second downs versus running the football. It's just this, this smart new breed of Bills football. And think to yourself, what would, what would Buddy Nicks do? What would Tom Donahoe do? What would Dick Jerron want to do? What would all these guys that came before want to do? The idea of trading up for a running back? Rex Ryan. That, that would sound good to those guys, wouldn't it? I mean, they did it. Lynch, McGahee, Spiller just kept investing in the backfield over and over and over and over. And where did it get him? And that is, to me, where the Bills should think. I know Bills fans should think. The Bills should not, in their front office, be thinking about what happened with this team for the last 15 years. They should be evaluating the prospects and the value as which they see it. But that's how Bills fans should be thinking of it. Would the, would the previous guys have thought this was a good idea? Because I think it's yes. I think they absolutely would have loved this idea. I think if Rex Ryan could have got his hands on Travis Etienne, he would have done exactly this. That, to me, should show that it's not a good idea. It's a bad idea. 8030550 is the phone number. What is your disaster scenario for the Bills on Thursday night? That is mine. I do want to talk about the 49ers a bit in the third overall pick. Mac Jones, Trey Lance, is Justin Fields out? Because if it is going to be Mac Jones, who is now a heavy betting favorite to be the third overall pick, New England is going to get their hands on Justin Fields. I can feel it. The path is there for them. And there are rumors about them trying to move up. So we'll talk about the Patriots a bit and what the 49ers are actually going to do with the third overall pick, which they should do with the third overall pick. And just a little bit of hockey. Because the NHL on NBC is dead. NBCSN's going away at the end of the year. We find out today from the Sports Business Journal that NBC has withdrawn their offer to become the second TV network for the NHL. And Turner Sports is going to take that responsibility going forward. They won the rights to the second TV network. So I I just want to talk a little bit about the hockey broadcasting going forward. I could not be happier about how it turned out, to be honest. So that's coming as well. But your call's next here on the Nightcap with Joe DiBiase. This is WGR. guys talk a little bit about Travis Etienne. Could he possibly be there? And what kind of runner do you think he's going to be? What a Najee Harris there? Heck, I'm telling you, Javante Williams from North Carolina is getting a lot of discussion about being a guy that you can plunk right in and play. A runner in that spot would not be out of line for the Buffalo Bills. Charles Davis, CBS, with Jeremy and Sal this morning. I don't, I, I'm just, I want to be done with running back. They are, the more I think about it, 
it would be exciting. It'd be good for my job because it's interesting, but why do they need this? They don't need this. And I guess they don't really need anything. But they use running back less than anybody in football. And Zach Moss, to me, is kind of perfect. They don't need to hand it to him. They don't need to throw it to him. He just kind of stands back there and blocks. That's kind of what the Bills use running back for. <laughs> so, now, that also might change. And I thought Benjamin Albright from KOA out in Denver, who's very plugged into the league and draft rumors, had to say earlier today on Twitter. He was asked about the Bills jumping the Jets and the Jaguars, the McShay rumor, and Albright said that he was told everybody, told everybody about two months ago the Bills were very set on looking at the running back position. They don't want Allen taking all the hits that he does. That's an interesting comment. If the Bills draft Travis Etienne because they don't want Josh Allen taking all the hits that he does, well, now, now the game just kind of changed a little bit, didn't it? Because now you're transforming your offense a bit. And not entirely. Hopefully you're not handing the ball off to him double the amount you do to Zach Moss or Devin Singletary. Hopefully he just replaces those rushing opportunities. But what I wonder is, are the Bills doing this because they want Allen to stop running? Or they at least want him to, to take a step back, not be running as much? Because there's some value in that. Now, I don't think you need to spend a first-round pick on that. I don't think you need to trade up for that in the first round. I think you could sit there in the third round or the back of the second round, draft Kenneth Gainwell, and he's going to be even a better fit than Travis Etienne for that dump-off running back. I really think Gainwell is Eckler. I think he's going to become... Austin Eckler light in the NFL, if not as good. He's the pass catcher you'd want for that. And that's why, to me, the value still doesn't add up. But that pick now becomes something more. If the Bills don't want Josh Allen to run as much, well, Allen, th since he entered the league, dumps the ball off to the running back less than any quarterback in the league. All starting quarterbacks. The least dump-off rate in football. Just doesn't do it. Because when Allen... Drops back the pass. He looks left. He looks right. He doesn't see anybody open. What does Allen do? Allen takes off and runs. Because it works. And he's good at it. But if the Bills want to make a concerted effort that, hey, we don't want you, we don't want you taking five to ten hits a game. We gotta limit that. We gotta keep you healthy. And you've become a good enough passer to where we feel comfortable taking that away. And you know what, like, I think last year I would have told you you're nuts if you thought that Allen would be a franchise quarterback without the rushing. Because that was first two seasons. It was really the only thing that was making him special. You know, because there were still way too many inconsistencies, way too many inaccuracies, the downfield accuracy. Like, he wasn't polished enough as a passer in the first two years to warrant taking the rushing away. But after last year, and being one of the best pure throwers of the football in the league, probably second to me, or third behind Mahomes and Rodgers, if whatever, 
Rank them however you want. They were all right there, neck and neck. Passing the football, Allen was right there at the top. And I think without the rushing, the Bills really would have been probably about the same team. Maybe in the red zone you keep it. Because red zone, it's just such a threat. I don't think you should ever take it away in the red zone. But between the 20s, do I need Josh Allen running all the time? Because if ETN were next to him, or a Gainwell, but let's use ETN for this. If ETN is next to him, then maybe that's a position, maybe that's something the Bills start to use the running back position with more. They've never used it before, but maybe, hey, Allen, next time you drop back to pass, you look left, you look right, you don't see anybody, look to Travis Etienne because he's going to be open in the flat and he's going to have one linebacker to make miss that's five years, five yards down the field. That's really what a lot of the immobile, aged quarterbacks do. Brady had James White forever. Why? He couldn't take off and run. If Brady was out of options, it's a dump off to James White. Drew Brees is at Alvin Kamara. Why does Alvin Kamara rack up 100 catches a year? Because Drew Brees drops back to pass. He doesn't see anybody. Dumps it off to, to Alvin Kamara. Phillip Rivers with the Chargers. That's really how Eckler broke into the league. Phillip Rivers, the most mobile quarterback you've ever seen in your life. Not even sure he could jog, let alone run. He drops back to pass, doesn't see anybody. It, every time, dump off to Austin Eckler. Dump off to Austin Eckler. Dump off to Melvin Gordon. Every time. And I don't want Allen to become Captain Checkdown. In fact, Allen has said he will never be Captain Checkdown. And there is definitely too much competitiveness in Josh Allen that to, you're, ever, you're never going to take out all the rushing. You're never going to take out as much as you want. But... If they do want to limit it some, then that's a that's another benefit to picking a running back. Again, it's not just sitting there and picking one at 30. It's not my least favorite idea. Trading up for one is. And I still would rather they find their way to Kenneth Gainwell. But that's where they're at at running back right now. 803-0550 is the phone number. Where do I want to go next here? How about real quick? The 49ers. They are punching New England's ticket to Justin Fields. And it sucks as someone that is in love with Justin Fields as a prospect. I think he is neck and neck with Trevor Lawrence as the best quarterback in this draft class. I don't really know how big a difference there is other than I guess Lawrence doesn't play as in as friendly a quarterback offense. Ohio State's like number one for that, so it's tough, it's tough to beat that. Not the Clemsons. Hard to play in. He's had NFL wide receivers. He's had Travis Etienne behind him. He's had an NFL offensive line. But I guess that's one part that would put Lawrence above him. Lawrence coming into college as this generational recruit and then showing up and being that generational recruit. I mean, there's never been any negative to Trevor Lawrence. And I think that's kind of why. Whereas Fields was a little bit more of a late bloomer. So I guess that's why Lawrence is more of a sure thing. But man, if both of these guys are great, if they're both as good as they can be, Fields' ceiling is right there with Trevor Lawrence as like the best, one of the best quarterbacks in football. Every tool is there. He's got the size. He's got the athleticism. He's got the ability to run. He's got the cannon arm. He's got the pinpoint accuracy there's he's 
almost a flawless quarterback prospect to me. And I'm not scared by the Ohio State thing. How, you know, it made Dwayne Haskins a first-round pick. I'm not scared of that. Because all the raw ability in the world is there. And if he goes to the right situation, with the right guy to mold him, then he's going to be an elite quarterback. I think the Niners are crazy for not taking Justin Fields at three. I think the Jets are kind of crazy for not taking him at two. But the Niners, I just I can't believe it. And if it's Mac Jones, double that. At least Trey Lance, it's like, okay, yeah, he could be an elite quarterback with all of his physical tools. It's probably a lesser probability. But you, you get it if it's Trey Lance. If it's Mac Jones, come on, Kyle Shanahan. Come on. And what that is going to do is it's going to start a chain reaction. Or it could. Where it ends up with the New England Patriots drafting their quarterback of the future. And I just, I, there's nothing less in the world that I want than New England after 20 years of just utter domination because of who their quarterback was. The best quarterback in NFL history, whose career last lasted and is still going way longer than anybody else's does. And after one year where they weren't even the worst team in the league, like you know how the Colts had that between year between Peyton Manning and Andrew Luck? They were the worst team in football. New England last year, like they hung around. They were 7-9. and nine. They were okay. After one year, they find if they find their way to the quarterback that I am in love with in Justin Fields, I mean, it's gonna it's gonna sting for me personally. It's gonna sting. Because they just don't deserve it at all. They just don't. Oh. I hope it doesn't happen. For it to not happen, you either need all of the Niners stuff to just be garbage, which I think is very possible. The 49ers could have been messing with people the whole time. Maybe they pick Fields at three. And then all this is over. Well, we'll still be talking about New England getting Mac Jones or Trey Lance, but I don't have to worry about them getting Fields. Atlanta could do it at four. I think they probably should do it at four. I'm not sure I would bet on it, though. That could be a trade down to somebody who wants to pick a quarterback. I need Detroit. It's really who we need. We need the Lions to convince themselves. I mean, it shouldn't take that much considering their only quarterback is a guy they were probably forced to take in Jared Goff because of his contract and the Rams needed to clear space for Matt Safford. Like, it shouldn't take that much convincing, but we need to convince the Lions that they should take Justin Fields or they should take a quarterback at all. They're there at seven. Cincinnati's at five. Doesn't sound like they want to trade down at all. Miami is at six. They're not trading with New England. And there's Detroit. And if Fields finds his way to seven, New England's got to be the favorite, don't they? A a late hero. A late hero potentially emerging in the Carolina Panthers. I had ruled them out of this. Last week when I talked about this very same subject, about New England maybe finding their way to Justin Fields, there were two teams I pointed to. The Lions and the Broncos. That I need one, if not both, of those teams. Atlanta too. One, two, or three, probably not three, but one or two of those teams to find their way to a quarterback. And Carolina 
I kind of counted out because you did just trade for Sam Darnold, and we all thought, because it was reported, that the Panthers were picking up the fifth-year option on Sam Darnold. So not only had the Panthers invested a second-round pick in Sam Darnold, but they invested a $21 million contract in him for his fifth year, which will be 2022. That's a big investment. But now we find out, well, they didn't do that yet, and they're going to wait till after the draft, just in case. Just in case the quarterback falls to them. Carolina coming back into play here could be huge for the Bills and the rest of the AFC East in preventing the Patriots from getting their hands on one of these elite first-round quarterback prospects. And Denver sitting there at 9. Because that if that becomes a bidding war, if Detroit wants to move down from 7, you're going to have a lot easier time convincing Detroit, hey, you only got to come back one spot. You only got to come back two spots. Rather than New England saying, well, you got to come back to 15. Atlanta, same thing. Atlanta, no way they want to move down to 15. I mean, if they have no other options and they don't like Pitts enough, they don't like the idea of drafting a tight end enough, maybe they would do it. But if I'm Atlanta, I'm staring at 8 and 9. I'm staring at 8 and 9. Panthers, Broncos, bidding war. Run up the price. You guys want to come get Justin Fields? Come get him. And New England shouldn't even be a part of that discussion because they're so far back on the other two teams. But you need those teams to be to like that idea. You need the Broncos to be wanting to move on from Drew Locke. You need the Panthers from being willing to say, I know we just traded for Sam Darnold, but look at Justin Fields. You need, Den- you need Detroit to say, yeah, we- Jared Goff is new, and he's probably okay to pretty good. And we've got these first-round picks in the future, but, I mean, Justin Fields. You need these teams to convince themselves you need them to find reasons to do it rather than to find reasons not to do it. So, I am a little afraid, though, of New England getting fields. I'm not going to lie, if you can hear it in my voice. 803 is the phone number. NHL and NBC is over, and I am happy about it. I'll tell you why when we come back here on the Nightcap on WGR. All right, lots happening right now. I realize I made a very dumb mistake on Twitter. I'm not sure I'll want to mention it here, but we'll see. I've got the Knicks on in here. The Knicks are running up the Phoenix Suns, who are like one of the best teams in the NBA this year. I want to talk Knicks at some point. Maybe I'll get Nate on in the next uh, week or so. Um, And I do want to talk, before we get out of here tonight, how happy I am about the NBC-NHL deal relationship being over. But we are taking calls, 803-0550. Got a couple people on hold. We'll get to them here. Your disaster scenario. For the Bills draft, what do you got? Let's start with Joe. Joe, you're on the nightcap. What's up, man? Hey, thanks for having me, Joe. Appreciate it. Sure thing. So, uh, one thing I want to – well, my disaster is similar to yours. I think taking a running back at 30 is too high, personally. I I don't like first round. There's too much of a crapshoot in the draft to know what they're going to end up like. And I just think skill position players – the Diggs trade, obviously – you know, is exempt from what I'm saying right now because you knew what you were getting when you traded a first round for, uh, you know, the first round pick yep. for him. Uh, but one thing I want to note because my my dream scenario is edge rusher. I, I think they need to keep addressing that until they get it right. Um, but one thing that has caught my attention that I just had a pretty good memory about, if you remember when they drafted Tremaine Edmonds, 
Bean actually made a comment, I think it was like the next day, where he said he's going to start his career at middle linebacker, but he wouldn't commit to him being there long term. I wonder if the signing of Tyrell Adams now, I know it's only a one-year deal, so it seems more like a depth move, but I wonder if, you know, him mm-hmm. being 12th in the league in tackles last year obviously spoke to McDermott and Bean a little bit, and I wonder if they're gonna if we're gonna see a little bit more of him at middle linebacker, and if they are gonna try and move uh, Edmonds to the outside a little bit to see what he's capable of as far as just straight getting after the quarterback. Interesting. I'm gonna try to dig up that that comment because if that happened, that could be telling of what they think of him and what they would think of the idea of an extension. So thanks for the call, Joe. Um, I've thought about linebacker. I've thought about the idea of them moving on from Edmonds. He's been very good. That's the thing. He's been very good. But when you sign Matt Milano, are you going to invest that much in the linebacker position? Because, you know, that's a lot of money you're now putting into your defense when you're going to have a big quarterback contract coming. And you can't keep everybody. At least I don't think you can. Maybe I should stop telling myself that because the Bills are kind of proving me wrong on that. That you can't keep everybody. They are. They've kept everybody so far. I'm imagining at some point, though, there'll come a time where there's a guy we'll want to keep and they just won't have the money to do it. 8030550 is the phone number. Uh, the NHL NBC relationship is over. ESPN will be their number one TV package. And Turner Sports, TNT, TBS, they will be the number two. Three of the next seven Stanley Cups go to Turner. Four of the next seven go to ESPN. And NBC is done. And I am, you know what, like, I don't want to be too happy about it because there are probably a lot of people employed by NBC that you don't see on the cameras, behind-the-scenes guys, producers, cameramen, that are maybe about to lose their jobs. And that's awful. In terms of on-camera, the product... I mean, could you have tried less if you were NBC? Did you ever have a different-looking broadcast? It was the same thing every time. It sounded the same. It looked the same. The teams were the same. Stagnant. No competition. Never trying to get better. Never trying to improve. That was NBC and NHL. That was the NHL and NBC. And hopefully ESPN, Turner Sports, they'll push each other like it happens with the NBA and the NFL. And can we get the broadcast to be a little smarter? I know they're never going to be as smart as we want it. But just a little smarter to where Pierre Maguire is not telling me the background of the goaltender, where he grew up, and what AHL team he used to play for. Can we not get you know, Brian Boucher explaining what offsides is? <laughs> Which would happen sometimes. Like, they were... They were broadcasting hockey as if it was to people that had never watched the sport. Just, I, I couldn't stand the NBC product. Couldn't stand it. And that doesn't mean ESPN has to go well. Doesn't mean TNT has to go well. But there's a chance, right? There's a chance. TNT will look different, I think. Everything TNT does looks different. The NBA coverage, they do it differently than everybody else. They do it better than everybody else. When TNT had Champions League soccer, they did it differently. The studio setup was different. They did a lot more virtually than others did, even before that was normal. 
guests. Like, they would bring in guys from other sports to talk about it. I'm excited about it. Thanks, everybody, for listening to the show tonight. Sabres and Rangers tomorrow, which means I'll have one final show before the NFL draft on Wednesday night at 7 o'clock. Come back for that. Me and Nate will have draft coverage for you on Thursday. So I will talk to you Wednesday here on the Nightcap on WGR.